0: What if the greatest chemical disaster of our time didn't involve oil spills or nuclear meltdowns? Instead, it was a much lower levels of exposure inflicted over several generations and affecting every person on the planet. The result, rising rates and from everything from cancer to infertility. This is the shocking reality explored by the new documentary called The Human Experiment. It's a look at the personal costs associated with chemicals in some of our most common household products and we are joined today by one of the directors co-director of this wonderful film uh, called The Human Experiment Dana Knockman, along with Dan Hardy directed this and produced this documentary out today its uh, screening tonight beginning tonight at the Lemley Music Hall in Beverly Hills Dana Knockman, welcome to film school
1: Hi thanks for having me
0: Thank you so much for being here. By the way, I neglected to mention that the film is uh, narrated and also um, by Sean Penn. He's also the executive producer. Uh, Terrific film. Um, uh, Not only is it a a bounty of statistical information, just general information about the the dangers of these different products, and we'll get into this, but also uh, the human stories that you, uh, the people involved who've had uh, some... uh, The consequences of dealing of uh, the impact that they've had on on the lives of the people in in the human experiment. Tell me a little bit about how you decided or came to this project as as a director.
1: Sure, Um, I used to be a, a special projects producer at the NBC station in San Francisco, and I was actually assigned a series, a five part series on how to detoxify your home. And I had no idea that your home was toxic, uh, and so it was a shock to me. And, um, and once I learned more and delved into the research, I found out that most of the products that we use uh, in, on, in our skincare, our personal care products, our furniture, our cleaning products are not vetted for their safety before they get onto the market. And so that shocked me so much that I knew I wanted to do more than just the five-part series, and it became the human experiment.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I think we're all vaguely aware of or most people know about DDT, the banning of DDT and some Mm. other known carcinogens and assume, I think, uh, wrongly that, well, the government's monitoring this stuff. I mean, you know, they, they obviously learned a lesson from the years and years of DDT being in the environment and the impact it had. So Somebody's taking care of this. Now, you know. Why should I worry about it? But the fact is, and in your film you talk about um, one of the most shocking things in, in the human experiment to me was the grandfathering in when the regulations were imposed on chemicals and, in, in our environment and, and, and for human use. Um, they inserted something into this basically that said these 30, 60 plus thousand, if I got that right, chemicals that had been in, been in use before were sort of grandfathered into this. Certain, yes tell, talk about that, that that that's that's nuts. go ahead, please tell. I, us.
1: I know it's so upsetting um you know, i think I think you hit the nail on the head that you know most of us think that this is all being monitored, uh and we make a lot of assumptions and then to find out that those assumptions are not are not correct, and that you know we have these big failings like DDT and others um but there are so many products, there's 80,000 chemicals in commerce um, uh, that haven't been tested, and we all have these tiny little exposures to a lot of them to, to most of them. And what's the cumulative effort? And you know I think that in situations like DBT or you know in a way, you could even talk about lead and tobacco, yes, yes. there are these big, bad um, failings uh, in our society that people can point to. But then what about also all these small exposures? Um, and it's just a whole, you know, it's a whole new way of looking at products, looking at chemicals. Um, yeah, it's, it's a crazy topic that isn't covered very much.
0: It isn't. And again, I, I just want to come back to this. The government really isn't, I mean, to say they're not monitoring any of this is not correct. But what is kind of scary is, and you just mentioned lead and cigarettes for years. I mean, how many how many decades did the government look the other way on cigarettes? Exactly. How many decades did they look the other way on lead? How many how why do they allow these these uh these uh organizations that support these industries like chemical the American Chemical Council and the cigarette industry whatever their council is called uh, that, that actively promote these things as being safe when somebody somewhere in government in, in these agencies, and and I'm, I'm not impugning them. I'm sure they're hamstrung and, and sort of politically speaking, but just know for sure that this is a complete lie. And yet it takes sometimes decades for us to be able to finally uh, come to a collective agreement that this is wrong and this is bad for us to be ingesting. Isn't it? I know. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, no, I, I know. I, I look at tobacco. I mean, it was, I think, close to 100 years before uh, people, I mean, and people were dying left and right, close to 100 years before anything changed on this. And then you see in the front page of the New York Times yesterday that e-cigarettes, you know, uses on the rise, so it's still happening. It's just a machine of marketing and propaganda that's out there. And so I think tobacco um, and other things are a real cautionary tale, and we should look at this in the same way. And one of the things that I really, uh, that struck me um, from one of the scientists who we interviewed in the film was, you know, what, if we wait to have definitive proof on this issue of chemicals we will wait forever and people will continue to die what about if we use a cautionary approach to these chemicals test them before they get on the marketplace that's all we're asking i mean i hope to god that many of these chemicals that are in question are indeed safe i do hope that because my children are exposed to them and i'm exposed to them so i'm not saying i mean I, i but i think that we should have a a body um, or demand that the chemical companies test them before they get on the market, just so we know for sure. Otherwise, there's no there's no hope, and we you know we want to hope that most of them are safe. But it's being proven left and right from smaller organizations and activists who are working on this issue that plenty of things are not, and we need to get them out and use safer and greener products.
0: We're talking with the co-director, co-producer of the film, *The Human Experiment*, along with uh, Dan Hardy, co-producer and co-director. Dan's not with us today, but Dana is, and we're. And the film is, as I said, opening tonight at the Lemley Music Hall. That's in Beverly Hills. It's on Wilshire, terrific theater. Um, by the way, are you in town? Just out of curiosity.
1: I'm actually in New York for the premiere in New York, okay. and Don and um, Sean Penn are going to be in the um, in the in LA for that premiere. So we're splitting up, by coastal
0: Oh, okay. Did, did I say I? I think I said Dan. I meant Dawn. Pardon me. Oh, that's okay. People do it all the time. Uh, no, my bad. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for <laughs> for covering for me. But I apologize for that. Uh, now, no. Uh, um. Now, there's another thing about this. By the way, I, I want to get to some of the, the people that you showcase, you spotlight it in in the human experiment, uh, because I think there's some terrific stories that illuminate kind of the the bigger picture, the the broader picture here. Um. But one thing about we that. It's one thing to know that lead's bad, it's one thing to know that cigarettes, and it's one thing to BPH or BPA appears to be, DDT we know is bad. But the thing that scares me, almost as much as the, the, uh, the provable, the science behind knowing these things are bad for us, is that all of these chemicals are interacting, uh, many of them are interacting yeah. with one another. And we have, abs- seems to me, we have absolutely no idea of the cumulative interactive properties of these chemicals and, and, and of these pesticides, roundup, I know for sure in my mind we're going to find out that roundup has been an absolute disaster uh, for, the, yeah. for, for us, but in you know Monsanto continues to produce it, we use it all the time, it's destroying our bee population. There's all kinds of uh, ramifications to roundup without getting off in a tangent here. but what is what about the interaction between these chemicals? Do we have any sense of the of the consequences or impact of that?
1: Gosh, I mean, it's, you've just hit a great point, and to me, that's the real yeah. question here: is the cumulative effects of these products? And the sad part is, is that there's no control group. There's no one on the planet who is not exposed to these. We're
0: chemicals. the control group. Well, I guess, in a matter of speaking. Well, I mean, we're, we are. That's <laughs> we're the control group. Right,
1: right. <laughs> I mean, they, they've gone up to to um, the the North Pole, and and there's more chemicals up there because of the um, the, the tides than anywhere in the world so that you can't even go to the most remote parts of the world to find uh, a, a control group that you could test. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's no way to test it once it's been unleashed. And that's the problem that it's, or the 80,000 chemicals have been out there. Um, they're continued to be out there. So there's no way to test. There's no one who would say, okay, they're completely clean. Let's test one at a time, even though that's unethical and you wouldn't do that anyway. Yeah. But but the point is now to let, let's Get the um, genie back in the bottle and try to take things especially the things that we already know about the carcinogens formaldehyde other things that are in products let's get those out just at the very least and then go from there
0: yeah i, I yeah so again I mean as daunting as it is to sort of figure out what these things are individually on their own the impact they have on our health it's it it's probably an impossible uh endeavor to try and figure out what happens when you mix formaldehyde with, you know, DDT. Or, I mean, not DDT, but uh, some other right. chemical. It, it, I don't know how it's, I don't. I mean, they, hopefully they'll figure out a way to be able to do this. But, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully. Well, I just, but, yeah. I mean,
1: the way I look at it is because I think when you get um, exposed to this issue, exposed the word, right, yeah. when you get exposed to this issue, I think, I can only speak for myself, but I learned about it in about 2009. I had two small children. I I became pregnant with another child that year, and I went through a a hysterical phase where I just didn't know what to buy. and I was like so upset that I couldn't protect my children. Um, But I've turned a corner, and I now have a different way of approaching it, and I feel that very empowered because, of course, I can't control every single exposure that they have by any means, um, but I can control the most, somewhat the most important place in our, in our lives, which is our home. Yeah. And so anything that I buy now, I start from a from a different vantage point. I have carpet in my, in my house that we bought the house with that I, can't, I don't know what's in it. Um, but now I had to buy carpet for one room, and I bought just wool carpet with no treatment, no nothing. And so I know little by little I can make these changes to make our home a safer place. And I find that a really empowering place to go. And, right. you know, every day... Most of us, especially women, I buy for a group uh, family of five. I have to buy a lot of stuff. And so every time I don't buy a product that maybe I would have before I knew about this issue, I feel like I'm doing something yeah. that can move the markets in the right direction. And that's how I feel like change is going to happen. And once um, big, big companies get wind of the fact that we're not going to buy their toxic products, they'll change. And that's what I think we need to go for, um, is making these big companies go in the safer direction and demand that they uh, make Better changes to protect us and our
0: families. Thank you for reining me back in, because I, I, I'm glad. <laughs> you know, because you, frankly, I don't want people, and they they won't come away from watching the human experiment uh, being feeling helpless. Because you, just as you've articulated here, there there is the power of the purse. There is the consumer's ability to to essentially affect uh, manufacturing of these products in a way. If they're not going to make any money on them, or if they're held to account by consumers. Uh, there is a way to make this better, and and that yeah. is part the point of the film, uh, and um, so thank you because i i don't want people you know uh you know leaping out windows after after <laughs> after hearing me talk because yeah. uh, because it it is something it just it just something that is going to take a while to kind of turn this ship around but we have to start now i mean and 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 it's important education and information is is the best anecdote for for this kind of thing uh, uh so um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the people that you brought in to uh, sort of as I said spotlight the different issues that come about from uh, pesticide and chemical um, impacts uh, negative impacts on people's lives tell me yeah uh, oh, go go ahead there's the the um, there's Howard the conservative businessman who's now yes. changing his practices there's Maria the the housekeeper uh, and the woman from oh my goodness uh, uh, um, canvasser, what's her first name? Oh, yep,
1: Jennifer Canvasser, uh-huh.
0: All the different, and these this is a good kind of uh, um, uh, look uh, uh, across the, the, the spectrum of things. Tell us a little bit about how you got to know these people, you know, and sort of focused on them, uh, what went into that process as, as a filmmaker.
1: Sure, yeah, it was a really, it took us a long time to make this movie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, first, it was about a year of research just because, you know, we're not lifelong environmentalists. We weren't involved in environmental health uh, issue, so we did a lot of research into chemicals and which studies have been out there, and really tried to focus in on. We wanted to make it not a lecture and not a scientific um, kind of approach to the film. We wanted to have it be personal, so we knew we wanted to get health affected people, and the the kind of trifecta of of uh, characteristics we wanted was uh, a person who had a um, one of the diseases that that scientifically was linked to. Uh, to chemical exposure, or they were looking into it, people who believed that chemicals could be to blame, and then people who are doing something about it. Yeah. So we did. We found Marika Holmgren, who was working with the Breast Cancer Fund, and the Breast Cancer Fund is an organization that is dealing with prevention of cancer, less so than treatment, so they're very involved, and in they're lobbying and working towards um, co- uh, different politicians to understand uh, the effects of carcinogens on you know, cancer, obviously, and, and breast cancer in particular so we, were, we worked with her. She's amazing. Uh, then Jennifer Canvasser was suffering from uh, infertility, um, and I posted on a um, yeah. on an infertility um, message board, and she wrote back, and she was the most amazing. I'm so, you know, it's hard to talk about that issue. People find it embarrassing, but also she's an amazing environmental health activist, and so she's been doing work on this for a long time. So she, she's continuing I mean she she's one of the biggest activists out there on this issue and then Hannah Carey she uh, was looking for the autism Society which was one of the only um, autism groups that was looking into the potential effects of environmental health uh, environmental toxins on autism. And so she was working there and lobbying on that as well. That's how we found them. Um, Howard, uh, the conservative uh, right-wing businessman, he had testified on Capitol Hill. We thought he was an amazing voice. Um, And Maria, uh, she worked for um, a collective of house cleaners that were demanding better products, and that took a long time uh, to get. And I was so happy when we were able to la- add that in at the last minute of the film because she's an important voice as well. Yes,
0: yeah, she is, and all of them are. And again, I, I think this is just creates kind of the panis uh, the panorama of yeah. of what we're looking at, and and unfortunately so much of this uh the the this attempt to try to find out what 's going on is anecdotal in, in the sense yeah. that we, you know like autism right i mean i, I really again i'm not a scientist i don 't claim to be a scientist i all the all all the caveats you want here, but I am pretty darn certain we're going to find out that autism is rooted in uh in these chemicals and in these pesticides that are in our environment i i i i don't know if you know if you want to add anything to that, but I just So many of the things you talked about in this film made sense to me uh, as someone who does pay attention (laughs) to things. That's so good. Yeah, Yeah. I
1: mean, I feel like what we need to do as a society, there's so much, the messaging that's out there and and this need for proof that that people feel, which I understand. Um, Scientists have to look for definitive proof. There was not definitive proof of tobacco causing lung cancer for decades. And so that, to me, is a cautionary tale enough to say that that proof is not how we should approach this issue, it's what's reasonable and what's possible. So if if there's even a possibility that autism or learning disabilities are affected by chemicals, let's guard the chemicals. I mean, even if there's just a slight possibility, because I know if it's a chance of one in a thousand kids or one in 10,000 kids, I don't want my kid to be that one in 10,000. So let's, this precautionary principle that, that Europe uses and other countries use to say, let's Make sure they're safe before they come on the market. That's the only reasonable way to approach this. So I don't think proof should be the level of where we're at. And I think that the Chemical right. companies want to demand that there's proof. Right. That's never going to happen, and we should be waiting around for that because by that time our kids are already affected.
0: Right. In this environment, this politicalized politicalized version uh, reality that we live in now, with these sort of merchants of doubt, they can hire an army of pseudo or scientists, exactly. to, you know, d- uh, who claim to know the truth. They can they can play delaying tactics, and you get into all this stuff in the film. You know how they how they sort of work the system in order to delay, 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 and Continue to sell these things. There's another whole issue which we can't get into. We don't have time, but it's what happens on the international market. These companies are marketing this stuff all over the world, and it's just another. But but we these American these are a lot of these are American companies. We do have an impact. We can have a very positive impact moving forward. Oh
1: yeah, and I mean for us, like we're the small film uh, with a low budget. Uh, we don't have a marketing machine behind us, but we have a voice, and we're the voice of the people who have been working on the ground—you know, the ground floor of this issue. And so, slowly, you know, I really appreciate the underdog campaigns, and I think that common sense will win out, and that you know, we don't have the millions of dollars to combat what's happening there with the um, propaganda machines of big companies, but we can, you know, we could talk to other moms, other. Other groups that are that understand that we should we, we don't have to ban everything. We just have to use common sense and protect our children. Yeah. I mean that's all there is.
0: Well, Dana Knockman you have one great advantage. You have the truth on your side, so that that's certainly. Thank you. Yeah. I, I thank you so much for being here. Thank you for making the movie again. The film is the Human Experiment. It's uh, uh, along with Don Hardy, uh, producer, co-dir- uh, co-producer, co-director. Uh, it's opening at, at the Lemley Music Hall tonight. It'll be opening up across the country. Go to the, the com to find out all you need to know about this. And I'm, there's links to other places where we can find out more about this. Uh, Dana Nachman, thank you so much for being on Film School.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, take care. Okay, right. bye-bye. Bye-bye.